and welcome to episode 9 of the Nitwit Show. I am your host, Nitwit. It's funny how it works out that way. On today's show, we are covering Gamescom as well as a wide variety of news topics. We're going to save Gamescom a little bit towards the end. I'm also joined by my special guest, Karch Tan is back to talk all things Gamescom with me, uh, plus a little bit about what I've been playing. But we're going to kick it off today with some huge news. Maybe bigger than Gamescom. Actually, I'd argue definitely bigger than Gamescom. Uh, PlayStation is getting a price increase in Europe, Japan, and parts of North America. Uh, PlayStation 5 is getting a up to 12.5% increase, uh, price increase in numerous countries, including Canada, Mexico, Australia, China, Japan, the UK, and Europe. In Canada, the PlayStation 5 Digital Edition once cost $499.99 and is now going up to $520 with the uh, disc version going from $630 to $650. So maybe, you know, not the biggest price increase in the world or anything like that, but but still, you know, we're we're looking at inflation. We're looking at shit just being more expensive all over the place right and you know with sony and the playstation 5 people can argue that their their manufacturing process the materials that they use are making the console unnecessarily you know expensive uh in some ways but that has not changed sony's mind with increasing the price of the console itself and uh, i'm reading this story out of video games chronicles they're uh, also kind of reporting on a blog post that sony president and ceo uh, sorry sie sony interactive entertainment president and ceo jim ryan said here's what our good buddy jim had to say the global economic environment is a challenge that many of you around the world are no doubt experiencing we were seeing, uh, sorry, we're seeing high global inflation rates as well as adverse currency trends impacting consumers and creating pressure on many industries. Based on these challenging economic conditions, SIE has made the difficult decision to increase the recommended retail price of PlayStation in select markets across Europe, Middle East, Africa, Asia Pacific, Latin America, as well as Canada. There will be no price increase in the United States. I'm going to keep reading. While this price increase is a necessity given the current global economic environment and its impact on SIE's business, our top priority continues to be improving the PS5 supply situation so that as many players as possible can experience everything that PS5 has to offer and what's still to come. Man. No price increase in the United States. What, does Joe Biden not like bailing out students left, right, and center right now? And by, by the way, I, I, got no beef with, uh, I got no beef with Biden and uh you know the the loan forgiveness the student debt forgiveness i have no beef with that in fact probably should do it more than he currently is but uh no price increase in the u.s is the u.s not seeing uh you know the same inflation problems that the rest of the world has um if i had to speculate it's because they know that they can't compete with xbox in the united states if they were to increase the price they can probably get away with it in canada because um we're used to paying out the ass in 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 canada you know i'm I'm a, I'm a canadian damn it and uh i think they're just used to us paying you know out the ass so what's another you know 20 30 bucks on uh, on a console on a console that you can't get like i know people are saying oh i got a console i got a playstation 5 like motherfucker i want to walk into a store 
and buy a PlayStation 5. I want to just yoink, grab it off Walmart, maybe grab a bag of Doritos and some Mountain Dew because I'm a gamer that way. And GTFO, but that, you know, I still haven't seen a retail store that allowed me to just go buy a PlayStation 5. That being said, um, the more I get into PC gaming, the more I get into using my PC, my gaming PC for content creation, streaming, recording this very podcast, the more I realize that maybe I just don't need a PlayStation 5 at this moment. And to be honest, I would much rather, you know, invest my money into the PlayStation games that are coming out on PC and uh, and things like that. And we're going to get to uh, some more PlayStation uh, news later on today. But overall, you know, I don't think it's going to impact, um, you know, sales. I really don't, especially in Canada. People already are paying out the ass, so... Why not, you know, why not just, you know, open that, uh, open that butthole up just a little bit more, so to speak, and, uh, pay a little bit more. Um, here's an interesting thing to note. In April, Sony raised the Japanese prices of a range of consumer electronic products, including some cameras, Blu-ray players, home theater systems, headphones, and speakers. And I'm going to finish this off from uh, Video Games Chronicles. It said the price revisions were made in light of the ongoing semiconductor shortage and other external factors that caused the cost of raw materials, manufacturing, and distribution to increase. So, amen. I hate to, I hate to, um, you know, open the show with some bad news, but I wanted to get that out of the way right then and there. Uh, earlier this month, Nintendo claimed that it doesn't have any plans to raise the Nintendo Switch prices um, in, de- in Japan, despite the weak yen uh, causing other tech companies uh, to do the same. Uh, the company told Bloomberg that it wasn't planning to make its uh, hardware more expensive. Microsoft declined to comment. So I wouldn't be surprised at this rate. I wouldn't be surprised if, um, you know, Microsoft increased the price of uh, Xbox in Canada as well. I still think Xbox is a really good deal, and I and I know it, you know it's it's a, it's a, you know I I've harped on this before, but the Xbox when you factor in Game Pass is just too good of a deal to pass up on if you are in the middle if you're caught in the middle like where do I go you know I'm looking to get a, a you know current generation console where do I go do I go PlayStation do I go Xbox you know if you're if you're neutral and you don't have any investments in in you know uh, backwards compatible games or Things like that. I'm still gonna say get an Xbox. Maybe get an Xbox Series S and uh, and Game Pass, and uh, away you go. But um, that could always change. That could always change when um, they increase the price of the Xbox. I wish uh, I was gonna open with this story. Um, I was gonna open this this story because it's you know it's a little more exciting, it's a little more fun. But uh, that PlayStation news broke just this morning, and I was like, oh fuck, here we go. Um, now everything's gonna be more expensive. I can't get a Happy Meal, can't get like a value menu deal at the McDonald's anymore. I'm paying too much money for a Big Mac, it sucks. The Game Awards 2022 has been dated. The event again will be held in December at the Microsoft Theater in. L.A. La la la. In La La Land. In L.A. Um, you know, Jeff Keighley. Jeff Keighley did Summer Games Fest. Jeff Keighley did Opening Night Live uh, for Gamescom, which, which Karch and I uh, are going to talk about. And uh, Jeff Keighley continues to, you know, make his impact on the world of gaming. Um, news and announcements and reveals with, uh, with the Game Awards. And, and I'll tell you right now, the Game Awards... I'm going to say this. The Game Awards have come a long way from being on Spike TV. 
And uh, well, you know, and 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 they were they became better once they got off Spike TV. And I would argue that almost everything that was once on Spike TV and is still around and is no longer on Spike TV is probably better for not being on Spike TV, not to shit on Spike TV. Hey, listen, I loved Gary the Rat. What can I say? I watched some Spike TV. I ain't above it. Um, but now that they focus it on being like an online thing, you know, just like, you know, direct, direct to the people, let's go to Twitch, let's go to, you know, YouTube and just stream it out directly to people. Um, I think it's been a better show for it. You know, there's still a lot of branding and this it's, it's, let's just get this out of the way. It is not the Oscars of, you know, game awards. It is, it is not by any means the Oscars of Game Awards. That being said, if you remember how the Oscars went last year, you might argue, shit, at least it's not the fucking Oscars of video gaming, because that'd be a fucking nightmare. And, and I'd probably agree with just the way Hollywood is currently, what, what Hollywood is up to and whatnot right now. At least that's, that's kind of my thoughts. But, you know, they have some, uh, they have some new categories. Um, you know, some of the categories have been silly over the years, but, uh, let's take a look. This year's event will introduce the Best Adaptation Award, a category to recognize creative works that authentically adapts video game IP to other media. Oh, man. If that's the case, we're going to get, like, Best Video Game Adaptation goes to Sonic the Hedgehog 2, the movie. I really hope that's not the case, but we'll see. Um, it Takes Two won the top prize last year, uh, where it scooped up three awards, including Game of the Year. It Takes Two, the most, like, depressing game that came out last year. Oh, well. Uh, there are other headlines from the show. Uh, Alan Wake 2 was shown, Sonic Frontiers, Star Wars Eclipse, Wonder Woman, and Slitterhead. Remember Slitterhead? You should look up Slitterhead. It's a fucking creepy, gross, weird thing. Um, but overall, like, I've enjoyed the Game Awards over the last couple of years, and I trust Jeff Keighley to, um, come through. Again, with it not being on Spike TV, with them, you know, eventually figuring out this, like, kind of online-only, online-focused, uh, delivery method, uh, I think, uh, that the Game Awards could be, uh, could be really cool. At least I hope so. Project Cars 1 and 2 are being pulled from sale. The racing games are being delisted due to expiring cars and track licenses. So, welcome to our, like, digital nightmare where, you know, company like Slightly Mad Studio signs a deal with Ford, you know, Chevy, Ferrari, whatever. And that deal for these cars only lasts five years, only lasts seven years, whatever, you know, whatever the case may be. And, uh, you know, Project Cars came out in 2015, Project Cars 2 came out in 2017, and Project Cars 3 came out in 2020. We don't talk about Project Cars 3. Um, <laughs> if you remember that Bandai Namco published those games, Bandai Namco, Namco also published Fast and Furious Crossroads, which was delisted in April, less than two years after its bullshit, piece-of-shit release. It's a real shame, you know, like, I hope that when these games do get delisted, that they go on sale for people that want to get them. You know, that's usually kind of how these delistings go is like, hey, you know, the game's going away. You'll probably be able to re-download it if you buy it now or if you have already owned it. But, you know, buy it now, maybe get it at a deal, get it at a discount. Um, 
I played a little bit of Project Cars 1. It was a little hardcore for my taste, but people had really positive thing, things to say about Project Cars 2. So maybe if I can pick up Project Cars 2 at a, at a big discount, I, I might. It's it's hard to say, but uh, those games are being pulled off sale September 21st. And it's a damn shame, but it is what it is. After a decade of not being around on the cover of video games, Tiger Woods is back, baby. Cover star for PGA Tour 2K2023. Now, I don't know if you know this. But Tiger Woods is a golfer. He's like the world's most famous popular golfer. Um, and, uh, you know, at one point, Tiger was on all those EA games. And those EA games were huge. Like, fucking people loved Tiger Woods on, like, the PlayStation 2 and, and, and stuff like that. I mean, Tiger Woods is, like, you know... Tiger Woods, as far as I'm concerned, Tiger Woods is right up there with, like, John Madden. With, like, motherfuckers who were, you know, big sports people, transitioned to video games, being a video game icon, and just went, you know, did bigger and bigger things than, you know, maybe their, you know, career would you lead you to believe, right? Like, Tiger Woods is synonymous with not only golf, but, but golf video games, and that's that's a really impressive thing. Like, you know, allegations, scandals... Car crashes be damned, right? Like, you can't stop Tiger Woods, right? Still a billionaire? Still all this shit? Um, speaking of billionaires, and someone who is also kind of synonymous with video games, but I would argue less so because he hasn't, you know, had his own games. He hasn't been a cover star um, quite to the same degree. But uh, players who pre-order the game will also be able to play as Michael Jordan who uh, is the cover athlete for the premium editions of NBA 2K23. So if you go by NBA 2K23, he's not on the front cover unless you go by the extra fancy expensive edition. The original Tiger Woods games ran from 1999 to 2014 um, and were extremely popular. Like, again, I cannot stress enough. Um, in uh, 2013, uh, EA's partnership with Woods and the licensing agreement uh, reached an end and EA split off. EA kind of still tried to make uh, golf games, but it didn't really connect. It seems like it wasn't until 2K came around that the PGA Tour games kind of came back to some degree, but maybe not as popular as they once were. It's hard to say. Uh, another Sony news. Sony says that the PlayStation VR 2 is coming in early 2023. Have they already increased the price of this headset? Like, do, do, do we know what this is going to cost? And is it going to cost more than we thought because of, you know, all the shit that's going on? Sony's PlayStation headset. This is from The Verge. Sony's PlayStation VR 2 headset is coming in early 2023, according to posts the company made on Twitter and Instagram. Sony has been trickling information out about the upcoming headset for the past several months, and now we have at least a time frame for when we can expect to get our hands on the hardware. Well, the company teased, uh, uh, sorry, the company released details on the headset's design earlier this year. It still hasn't announced a price, which maybe now we know why, because they have no fucking idea what it's going to cost because they just figured out how much a PlayStation 5 should cost. It is, however, promising a lot for the PlayStation VR 2. It'll feature a display that adds up to 4K resolution and can run at 90 to 120 hertz with a 110 degree field of view and uses, uh, Foveted rendering? What does that even mean? Fo some type of fancy rendering um, 
to render certain parts of the images sharper than others to make things clearer and easier on the computer. The company also says the headset connects to your console with a single USB-C cable. Uh, they also announced the lineup will have about 20 major games uh, uh, available. When it launches, these titles include uh, games set in the Horizon and Walking Dead universe, as well as VR versions of No Man's Sky and Resident Evil Village. I think it makes absolute sense to release this thing with Resident Evil specifically. Uh, I bet No Man's Sky is going to be great, but also I think like No Man's Sky is a game that you could probably enjoy a, a hell of a lot of without um, playing it in VR, but you know, a lot of people you know, their first VR experience or probably one of their biggest, most memorable VR experiences was probably playing, you know, Resident Evil 7 uh, in VR on PlayStation, right? And uh, I think it makes a lot of sense to release Village with that VR support for the console. And uh, we'll see how that goes. We reported this on the last episode of the episode before. Uh, some updates. On the KOTOR remake, that is Star Wars Knights of the Old Republic, that remake. Um, when we last talked about it, we said that Aspire Media had basically delayed it indefinitely. And they weren't sure what was going on with it. It turns out that it has reportedly moved from Aspire Media to Saber Interactive. All thanks to our good friends at the Embracer Group. You know, Embracer Group owns both those companies, so they figure, fuck it. If Aspire can't get it done, maybe Saber Interactive can. But apparently Embracer, Sony, and Disney were all unhappy with the progress of the remake, which I don't blame them. If the game ended up being delayed indefinitely, they were like, well, we have to find somebody who can get this job done. Um, again, according to Bloomberg, sources say close to the game, the troubled project has been moved from the previous developer, Aspire Media, to Saber Studio in Eastern Europe. The game will likely take at least two more years to finish, the site's sources claimed. Making games is hard, man. I don't know what to tell you. Making games is damn hard, but, uh, you know, fingers crossed that Aspire Media, um, you know, all the folks there land on their feet with whatever project they end up working on next, and hopefully Saber Interactive can get the job done. And, uh, bust out a game that uh you know star wars fans old and new and you know kotor fans can all love we'll see seems like a tricky project but hopefully they can get it done we're gonna take a quick break and when we come back karch tan my special guest is gonna sit down with me and cover all things at gamescom opening night live it's a big segment it's a big show thank you for listening to the podcast and we'll be right back with more of the nitwit show so stick around Welcome back to the Nitwit Show, covering all things Opening Night Live, I think is what they called it, Opening Night Live. The Keeleys, Key 3 is back. Uh, Key 3 now happens uh, three times a year, if you also count the Game Awards. Um, and we all know that Jeff Keeley is uh, an incredible uh, games-focused Canadian, much like myself, and... I can only think of one other games-focused Canadian to cover all things Opening Night Live with me, and that is my good friend and returning guest, Karch Tan. Karch, welcome back to the Nitwit Show. Thank uh, you for hope, having me. I hope Gamescom's treating you well. Uh, it was a long night. It was a 
very long night. Yeah, no, um, I, you know, I guess that's the thing is like they call it opening night live because it's in Germany. I, I we should say Gamescom is, is has grown in a couple of over the last couple of years in some really crazy ways. But Gamescom is a, is a game conference that happens in Germany and they call it opening night live because by the time you get to, you know, the Western part of the world time zones, you're watching it in the morning. So that's why it's called opening night live. Just yeah. so uh, everyone understands, this is like actually a morning show uh, that happens at night because of time differences. Um, you know, it is it it has grown though. Like it is very different from what I remember Gamescom being a couple years ago. And this is uh, like it's like even like pre COVID. Like like it's yeah. actually one of the. It seems like one of the few um, conferences that has grown. I don't want to say post pandemic because we're not out of the woods yet, um, but it has grown since covid yeah well i mean something had to take over e3 and i feel like this was it minus microsoft and sony having their own things this is the next best thing or has come as a predecessor to it or at least in terms of like everyone's coming together or you know you know jeff Keeley is curating this experience also it was live he had a crowd whereas i don't think summer game fest which is also done by jeff Keeley, i don't think summer game fest was live i don't think so either um it was it was pre-recorded announcements which might have been why we saw some stuff leak and we definitely saw stuff leak in uh in you know opening night live um but there was a ton of stuff and so the format for this uh the segment with with karch and i is we're gonna co cover almost everything or, or at least the you know as much of the stuff as we can especially the stuff that we care about but we're actually going to try to cover it in order of how the event went um just because i found it easier and we found it easier to take notes uh as it was happening versus like consolidating everything into like order of importance we're just kind of going to go through an order um and x gta developers kicked off the show by kind of showing off everywhere uh Karch, yeah. what, Karch, what was your impression of everywhere that i like i i saw everywhere and i was like this can't be real this is not a real thing and then like oh, i I don't, I just totally forgot they were making this. I was like, yeah, all right, I'm I'm okay for a reality that that Ready Player One is going to be a real thing. Right. Okay. Sure. Yes. It's you know it's they don't use the word metaverse. They don't talk about it. But everywhere definitely seems like a weirdly ambitious game, um, especially coming from people who say GTA. And I'm not saying that like in that GTA isn't an ambitious game, but like, this is a wildly different take on, you know, social gaming, open world gameplay, multiplayer gaming, um, than we've seen from anything crazy that has come out of Grand Theft Auto Online and Red Dead Online. I mean, like what, this is their first game as a, like by build the rocket. By yeah. XGTA, the, yeah. Yeah. Build the rocket boy or whatever they're, they're whatever they're called. Um, you know x and also like x higher ups from gta yeah, you think about it's not some, just like this is not some, some yeah programmers yeah this is not this like is... the qa team split off and it wouldn't not to disrespect the qa team uh <laughs> the, <laughs> the rockstar games need the qa teams probably more than just about anybody yeah. um but um you know these are higher ups in you know rockstar leaving to form their own studio and kind of strike it out yeah. and there were some rumors, some allegations, and some hiring stuff that's currently going on with like blockchain technology, uh, crypto sort of stuff with everywhere, which 
when I hear that, I think, oh, that's why it's so ambitious because they need people to give them money. And what better way to get money for this ambitious video game than to make promises like it's blockchain based, but we don't know for certain. Um, but I think that's probably the only way you can fund this sort of game, at least initially. I I don't know what, like, this is crazy, crazy ambitious. Like, this is not a small project, especially for a first-time thing. But guys who have seen GTA, like, guys who understand GTA Online, like, those guys are still making money off GTA Online. And I can see them taking this game into a business aspect, like, everything they've learned from Rockstar and kind of implement it here. Like, this seems like a crazy social project mixed in with how much more money can we make out of this weird new era of people enjoying this metaverse. Right, and, um, you know, we don't even know, like, what, you know, GTA Online is going to look like in GTA 6. Yeah. So it could be that they're gearing up for, maybe they know or have some ideas of what, you know, GTA 6 is supposed to look like, which could influence... um, you know how they go about developing everywhere. Yes, uh, like I said, I, I, I will have to see more of this to see where this game is actually going. Right. But for now, I mean, like it's it's very cool, very ambitious. But for now, what is it like? Really, is like it's going to be next year? Next going to be two, three years? Is it going to even be seen within the PS Five? Totally. Um, yeah. A game that was probably closer uh you know to release then then we think though i don't know if they actually announced a release date uh dune awakening is uh it is a survival mmo um so when i hear survival mmo i think arc like i think oh. arc survival evolved i think that conan game which I, I actually, that's what i went to actually which, i went to conan which i think i think the same people did Ark and Conan, or there's some lineage, or maybe the people who did Conan, or oh, sorry, developer fun comps. Okay, so it's the it's the Conan people that are doing Dune Awakening. Yeah, because it it like I was reading the summary of what this game will be, and it's like, hey, you're it's an MMO survival game where you're gonna build shelters, bases, and have different factions. I'm just like, wow, that really does sound like Conan Online. Yep. No, Conan Online was a different game. Or is no. that a whole different game? Oh, no, man. Uh, uh, which one? Oh, God. I, uh, Conan Exiles? Conan Exiles, yes. Conan Online yes. was the World of Warcraft-like. Conan Exiles uh, was the Ark survival thing. Yes. Um, yeah. no, no date for um, for Dune Awakening, though. There is a website that you can go to to sign up for the beta. I'm not like chomping at the bit for any new survival MMO. I feel like if I were to get into like one of those survival games, a, I probably would pick something a little more solo focused, a little less MMO focused. Uh, so I'd personally probably go back to something like, um, no man's sky or, uh, the Viking game. What the heck was that Viking game called? Uh, the survival one. Yeah. Uh, Val, Val, Valheim, Valheim. Uh, Yes. I'd I'd probably go back to that. Obviously probably a different thing. Um, that being said, I did see that new Dune movie, so there's like this part oh, okay. of me. There's this part of me that's like, maybe I should do it. Like, maybe I should yeah. take a look. I, apparently, yeah. Apparently, it's going to be based off the universe of the movie. So, like I the new ones, they're, like they're yeah. Not, yeah, okay. I assume um, that's how they're going to get people in. I don't remember. But, I, I'm going to tell you a secret. I don't remember anything that happened in that Dune movie. It is such a slow, like, just kind of vibe, and I, then I, it ends I mean, with like. 
two movies. It is. So I expect like like two to be like more action focused. But I, yeah. I like the vibe of Dune. Like I kind of like the ch- like the chill, weird, sandy, dusty nature of that movie. Um, but I'm not necessarily chomping at the yeah. bit to play uh, Dune Awakening. I, as someone who's never seen Dune or anything, like only thing I thought of when I saw it was like, wow, they're making a red faction online. Sure. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. But um, I'm like, yeah. We'll see. We'll see. Hopefully, yeah. it's, hopefully it's good. Uh, hopefully it's good, especially for the price they're probably going to charge for it. Uh, ex- uh, Xbox Elite. The Xbox Elite controller. I had a chance to try that out at one point in time, and I think it's a pretty nice, decent controller. That being said, um, I've heard some reports that it does not hold up over time, especially reading reports out of like Mobile Syrup and that sort of stuff, uh, the sort of sites that uh, the Xbox Elite controller doesn't hold up. So it's interesting to see that the PlayStation uh, you know, console is getting its own Xbox Elite-style controller with the DualSense Edge. Um, it is a higher-end, customizable DualSense controller. It's got changeable stick caps, back buttons, customizable yeah, controls, yeah. and more. A function button. Yeah. Stick caps. My only thing is, is that the DualSense controller is expensive as it is. It like isn't like eighty nine bucks, like ninety bucks I, for a DualSense. That's a lot of money. I don't I, listen. I I like the PlayStation controllers. I I don't own an Xbox Elite controller. I've heard good things. I hear they feel nice. I still use a PS4 controller when I play PC games. I yeah. might buy this. Uh, you know what would cons- would get me to maybe get a DualSense? Is if I invested a little bit more into some of those uh, PlayStation games on PC. Because apparently Spider-Man Remastered has DualSense support. Which is kind of oh. neat. Hmm. Um, I don't know if you knew when that, but du- yeah. When, when did DualSense first come out? I'm thinking the PS3? No, no. Because remember, it was, it, was, uh, remember it was DualShock... Uh, three Dual and Shock, four, yeah. and then Dual Sense was their new high end. Yeah, yes. um, Dual yeah. Shock is what I was thinking about. Um, and all, I think like the the Dual Shock four is is great. The Dual Shock three, not so much. Um, I've gotten really familiar with and and very comfortable with the Xbox controller personally. Yeah. Um, so I think anything that tries to mimic that is probably for the best. Obviously, I don't want every controller to be different, but like when I grab something like the Switch Pro controller, which is a great controller, I have to remember that the buttons are flipped and that kind of bums me out sometimes. But, uh, you know, it's a high-end controller for a high-end console that I don't own, so I can only get so excited about it, but uh, hopefully it's good. What do you you like about the Xbox controller? Like Comparing it to the other controllers, like, like the Pro or the PlayStation. Well, so the thing is that like, the, I think the Pro is just a little too much money for what it what it you know the the Xbox sorry the Xbox Elite controller is a little too much money for for what I would get out of it, um, especially hearing that again like some of the the warranty and, and hardware issues that it has. But to me, like I really got a kick out of the um, the rumble triggers. So in Forza, uh, you know the the brakes and the acceleration and, and sort of that 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 feeling in the controller, but also. Um, it kind of became the universal controller for PC gaming in general. So um, it's, it's kind of hard for me to want to try anything else um, with it. Just when I think PC gaming controllers, now I think the Xbox controller and I think Microsoft has come a long way in terms of, you know, fostering that sort of, you know, 
you know, gameplay and uh, and design philosophy into PC gaming. So I just can't help it. Like it's just kind of synonymous with PC gaming. That being said, I would get a DualSense. I would maybe even consider a DualSense Edge, depending on on how it worked out. If I invested more in those PlayStation games and if more of those PlayStation games on PC support a DualSense, like Spider-Man does. Makes sense. Uh, Kalisa Protocol is shown was shown once again out December second. That is X. That is soon. That is soon. You know, we think about soon. we think about games uh, being delayed, not coming out this year. Not the case with Kalisa Protocol out uh, by early December, December second. And this is I don't want to say a spiritual successor because I other than the fact that it is heavily inspired by and made by the people who made dead island there's not a lot that they're referencing in it but kaliso protocol is the new game from you know x uh dead space x uh oh what the heck not volition what the heck was that team called the guys Uh, who made the original dead space yeah who what was the remember back when ea had studios that actually had yeah visceral this is x visceral yes x visceral people uh now i guess working under the Remember when this game was part of the PUBG universe? Oh, man. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That was so weird. So this is all like part of the PUBG, Crofton, whatever. Um, but again, has nothing, it's not a battle royale. It's a single player horror game, a uh, third person horror game. And it looks cool. They showed off some fun physics stuff with like throwing, you know, these enemies into the, you know, I like throwing enemies around in games like Control and, and then- uh, PsyOps and everything in between. I like throwing enemies into games. Uh, they a lot in the first game i remember it being more of a thing in dead space 2 i never played you dead space more... 2. oh you never played this okay no, that's I fair shouldn't. uh i would say it's the last dead space feeling game right yeah dead space 3 is a is a whole other can of worms um but yeah you know you're you're they showed off like real-time mutations like basically if you can't kill an enemy fast enough it'll kind of mutate and get stronger um you know obviously the strategic shooting around like shooting off limbs arms and that sort of thing uh any interest in Callisto protocol i mean i really like the original dead space i hopefully will it's a good spiritual successor i will probably buy it i think it comes out for pc yes Yes, I I will probably it is on my radar, but I mean I have nothing much else to say. It looks like looks like a good Dead Space game that people have been wanting for a while. Um, I also like you know EA is remaking or rebooting whatever you want to call it Dead Space, yeah. but that game is so far along that even if you got Kalisto Protocol like day one and played through it, you'd probably be in the mood for more Dead Space. Uh, assuming Kalisto Protocol doesn't you know sour. Uh, you yeah. wanted or, or shit the better and thing like that, but I'm looking forward to it. Um, hopefully it's good. I have grown to enjoy some of the more you know horror games recently, so uh, fingers crossed on a uh, Kalisa Protocol. Uh, Lords of the Follow is get uh, Lords of the Fallen, excuse me, Lords of the Fallen is getting a remake called the Lords of the Fallen. Yes. Did you play Lords yeah. of the Fallen? I uh, I got it on PS. Plus, during one of their sales, I owned the original, yep. and I think I put an hour into it. The, the The neat thing about Lords of the Fallen, I always thought the neat thing about it was that, you know, 
Lords of the Fallen is a is a Souls like. It is a I don't want to say a shameless soul like or, or anything like that, but it is a Souls like game. You know your yeah. run based games and that sort of thing. But the thing I liked about Lords of the Fallen, and I have to imagine they're going to keep it in this one because it's probably one of the more unique things, was the multiplayer the multiplier in terms of oh the more enemies you kill and the more experience you have, the more experience you'll earn when you kill enemies. Um, unless you, until you bank the yeah. souls or whatever it's called um they didn't have any gameplay i'm pretty sure they didn't show any gameplay i don't think they showed any I think gameplay. they did uh did they not for that night not that not okay. for that night um but it is you know so, so it's a ways out um sometime maybe next year uh it is funny that the remake uh, is just no one no one was necessarily asking for a lords of the fallen remake but at this no. point why call a game lords of the fallen 2 when you could just well, call it the... lords of the fallen uh they did put a 2 in front of moving out moving out's getting a yeah. sequel moving out 2 out 2023 yeah. the game played the first one great yeah it's a it's a more of a co-op game right it's a very much of a it's a good old couch co-op game uh, yeah, kind of your co-op physics base. You're, you know, in these goofy scenarios where you're moving furniture around with your buddy, uh, you know, navigating these crazy houses and, and environments, you know, moving couches and, and all this stuff. Um, it looks good. Looked looked cute. Uh, I liked it. I never got the chance to play moving out. Um, but uh, the new one is out in 2023. Anything else to say about that, Karch? Nope. I think you covered it. It's couch game. It's good stuff. Kept, I think, kept most of what the original was, and I think this will probably do equally as well. Um, this is maybe more of an unknown, only because it's been delayed so long. It's a big budget game, and there is unfortunately controversy that is beyond anyone's control uh, when it comes to this game. Hogwarts Legacy. They showed it off. They showed a decent amount of gameplay, a lot of story stuff, a lot of gameplay, and revealed that it is out. February 10th, 2023. Karch, tell them what you told me. Man. Tell me all about it. I have... I want to like this game, and, and I, I hope it is good. I... I'm not surprised that it was delayed. Let's just say that. It's... Right. At this point, it was obviously delayed, and I'm hoping it doesn't fall the same route that Cyberpunk had with it. Okay, fair but, enough. Yeah, in terms of yeah. like delayed and then still bad. Yeah, like I that is my worst fear for this game. It's like when did we originally hear about this game? This was years in the making at this point. Like they've talked about a uh, Hogwarts Harry Potter RPG like before this game was even had a name. There's a lot of money and a lot of people looking at this, but I don't know if the delay is worth it. And then sense that what, what early 2023, they're going to have to contend with what Final Fantasy 16 and Starfield release so, rather than contending with what God of War and Pokemon. You got a war, Gotham Knights, that sort yeah. of thing. Um, so keep in mind that like, Remember, Disney originally owned Avalanche. Also, this yes, is not this is not this is not just cause Avalanche. This is um, like Disney Infinity, yeah, Disney Infinity and, and yeah. that sort of stuff. So, like, story three. going from the House of Mouse to 
Um, this. To Warner Brothers. Yeah, like Disney yeah. Infinity 2.0, all that stuff. Bolt, Toy Story. Yeah, so, so basically, this is a, this is a team... Uh, oh, they made the Rugrats in Paris mo- uh, the movie, the game. Okay, so then, lineage. Yeah. Okay, great. Uh, the, also, these people made Twenty Five to Life. Karch, I don't know if you ever played Twenty Five to Life. I did uh, not. Okay. Um. Anyways, so yeah. Avalanche, you know, being owned by Disney, switching over to Warner Brothers. Um, gameplay footage leaked in 2018. Uh, wasn't announced until the PlayStation Five event back in September 2020. It's a couple years, yeah, a couple years to making. Um, and I can't even imagine it's the same game as it was in 2018. Like, something tells me that this game has probably been in development closer to, you know, three and a half years uh, than dating all the way back to 2018, because as we'll see with other games that have been in development for a long time, like, a lot of this stuff gets thrown out, um, especially when, like, corporate ownership changes. And I'm not saying that one way or another, but this game probably has come together pretty quickly, all things considered, because of delays and things like that. Why? But why are you excited? Like, what? What is it about Hogwarts Legacy uh, that has you so interested? I mean, the idea of a Harry Potter RPG has been floating around. It just in talks for so long, and it's it was just kind of good to finally see that it's it's manifested. Like Warner Brothers, Avalanche has finally manifested this game that people have talked about for so long. It's good to see a world laden with Harry Potter, though. You know, everything is written out there for them to create this game, and I think it, it'll it'll do well. It'll, it has a fan base. It has the ca- the capacity to do well, but at the same time, like I said, it leaves me in a very worried spot for this game, and. I don't want to see it leave a sour taste in people's mouth. Like they've already announced pre-orders for this game, pre-order bundles. They've already announced a crazy three hundred dollar special pre-order package for it, and I'm just, I have, I hope it doesn't leave a sour taste for video games and people who don't usually play video games to get into this and they feel like they've been burnt. Right, I mean, because, th- you know, Harry Potter is a type of property that could convert somebody into playing games. Um, definitely in a way that those, like, Harry Potter movie games didn't, right? You know, like, EA was making those Harry Potter games um, while the movies were coming out. And while wildly different degrees of quality from game to game to game yeah, um, with spinoffs and, and all this stuff... Um, Yes, I could see a world in which someone's like, oh, like, oh, maybe I bought a Switch or I own a PC that can run this or, or whatever the case may be. And I get to, like, be my own Harry Potter and run around the school and talk to people like that. That sounds great. I mean, you know, there was talks of, like, Harry Potter MMOs and, and all these other games. So I think it makes sense. I think the thing for me is, like, what is the gameplay like? Like, is this going to be a third person shooter because casting spells makes more sense when you can left trigger right trigger shoot or are we performing combos is this like a like a devil may cry like action game sort of thing like you know they describe it as an action role-playing game and the role-playing is definitely going to come from you know your ability to establish friendships and interact with people and the freedom that you know that game is going to give you but uh like maybe i'm just like an old school gamer in, in that way but like what is it going to actually play like they showed gameplay 
But like, are you going to, are you basically shooting people in that game with your, with your wizard powers or what's going on? Because those last like couple of EA games, uh, based on those Harry Potter games were literally gears of war. Like you were literally taking cover, popping in and out of cover and shooting. So, um, we'll see, I guess how that goes. Do you have any other thoughts on the game? They no switch version, uh, has been no switch version yet. Um, only because it is going to come out later. So we'll see when switch comes out, but everything else is supposed to be hitting, um, sometime in February, uh, February 10th, February I believe. 10th. Yeah. February 20 is their initial release date. Any other thoughts? That's it for that. Uh, they're making a new tales from the borderlands game. I think that a lot of people really like tales from the borderlands. I don't know about you Karch, but a lot of people, like Tales from the Borderlands. Some people like Tales from the Borderlands more than like regular Borderlands. I I own the original Tales of the Borderlands. I have never played it. I hope this game does well for Telltale. New Telltale. No, it's not Tell. It's it's Gearbox. Remember they Gearbox? had Ran- they had Randy Pitchford out there, the wizard himself, the magician himself out there talking about it. It is done. So this one not done by Telltale, done by Gearbox internally. Okay, so so part of the embracer group, baby. Yeah. Okay. I mean, they. It's hard. It's hard to. I want to say it's hard to mess up these games. They can easily mess up these games. Oh, totally. But especially they, Gearbox. Yes. Yeah, I feel oh, like Gearbox. Yes, if, Gearbox. Gearbox is pretty good at messing up Borderlands. Yeah. I mean, they have the platform of the old one. I. Thing is, it's not hard to make. I don't think it's hard for them to make a, a game like this. It's just it needs. I hope the writing is good. That's, I, that's I my, really hope the writing's well. My big hope, yeah, like the writing and stuff like that is good. The characters are good. The The problem is that, like, again, like not to pick on Gearbox, but like the writing in those Borderlands games. I didn't play uh, Tiny Tina's Wonder Wall or whatever the last game was called, but uh, like two and three have just some god awful writing, some terrible jokes, some horrible characters some of the worst sense of humor in all of games. And I played Sir Whoopass, and I still think that uh, Borderlands is some of the worst uh, sense of humor in games. So yeah, I, it's out I soon, know. so at least it'll be over and done with. We'll be able to, you know, by well before some of these other games come out, we'll be able to say, well, at least we don't have to think about new tales from the Borderlands anymore. Are they releasing this episodically, or is it one game... You you buy the game straight out and it it'll play. You know I don't know if they said because the original one came out what in five episodes five yeah, episodic like five, yeah episodic thing yeah yeah because I know they they they're selling the standard issue for thirty nine ninety nine and there is a special edition for forty nine ninety nine which comes with the original games. So are they gonna release this in a single pack or you you buy the thirty nine ninety nine and then you wait monthly. For these new episodes. I bet it all comes out at the same time because otherwise they would have said because episodic is a very specific thing that you need to let people know ahead of time when it comes to that stuff. Um, Also coming out in October, Dying Light 2 Bloody Ties DLC. It is a very combat arena heavy sort of thing. So kind of like some of the other like, you know, especially like Borderlands DLC of like, hey, it's just an arena. Just come and fight. Like we're going to focus on the combat. Might have some new... You know, environmental kills might have some new weapons and, and, and you know, enemy types. 
Um, but it seems very combat heavy. Doesn't seem very story heavy, at least not from what they've shown. Um, and that is out October 13th. I am staunchly not buying Dying Light 2 DLC for a variety of reasons. Um, that being said, I really like the combat in Dying Light 2. So it's actually kind of unfortunate that I will probably never, you know, n never say never. But probably won't get around to this DLC for quite some time if I ever do. Um, because I like the combat. Actually, the combat, if, if anything, kind of shines in Dying Light 2. Um, but I don't need any more Dying Light 2. Um, I can't say the same for everybody, but that is out October 13th. Uh, Tortuga, uh, Karch, do you have anything to say about Dying Light 2? I should, before we uh, head. No, you, you honestly said what I was going to say, that I'm pretty sure Borderlands already sort of did that. Yeah, your Mad Moxie mayhem yeah. of murder motherfucker, whatever it was called. Uh, Tortuga, uh, it is a 4X strategy game with pirates. And if you're thinking, this looks like Port Royale, it's because it's made by the people who made Port Royale. So if you were wondering that, I'm here to tell you, it's from the same people. Yeah. I Yeah, I I don't know. It looks like, I hope it's good, but it looks kind of like just every other four-time, you know, strategy pirate game we've seen out there. Fortress, the only other 4x uh, pirate strategy game is from the same people, so I'm willing yeah. to like maybe give them the benefit of the doubt. They probably, of anybody making those games, knows what they're doing. Um, Team 17 is publishing Marauders and Early Access coming soon. Um, they're going to run a technical test between September 6th and 14th. Marauders is a co-op shooter, sci-fi looter shooter, as described. I don't really know what else to say. It's kind of kind of an interesting look. Got these, you know, takes place in the 1990s and you're traveling through space. So basically, it's the story of my life. You think it's payday in space? I mean, it very well could be payday in space. Who is, um, didn't say who, who's, I couldn't find out who's making it. Let me see if I can pull up who's making it. But put up by Team 17, that's the Worms people. Oh, Small Impact Games. What have they made? Oh, you know what? I really don't like this because now when you click on the developer, the publisher on Steam, it just pops up whatever the more popular company is. So when I click on Small Impact Games, it actually pops up Team 17. So Small Impact Games. For all we know, the Black Death. They made the Black Death. I don't know what the Black Death is. I don't know what this is either. That's okay. Yep. There's not a lot to say about Marauders. Nope, um, not yet. Uh, not yet. Uh, a lot to say in regards to Destiny 2. So Destiny 2 Lightfall out February 28th. They say this is the conclusion of the Light versus Dark saga. Um, they're also doing a Fortnite crossover. Uh, Destiny and Fortnite. Fortnite and Destiny. Um, I'm not a big Fortnite guy. I'm more of a Destiny guy than I'm a Fortnite guy. And I will say that some of the cosmetics for Destiny 2... Um, that are the Fortnite cosmetics actually look kind of cool. Um, what did you think about uh, what? What do you? What are your thoughts on Destiny Two? Just kind of in general, but more importantly, um, what are your thoughts on Lightfall? Um, I I have not been keeping up with Destiny Two. I'll tell you that. I think the last time I played was maybe season ten, and they're what season eighteen now. So, while back, you, did you buy any of the expansion packs? I did not. I I have whatever was free that PlayStation gave out, and so, I played that. You you never touched any of the DLC. No, you I, you might have done yourself a favor because I don't know if you know this, but they actually removed a bunch of that paid DLC. 
they straight up cut it from the game. Like it, it like it no longer exists, or it's like it's they part. It's free now. No, no, they no worse. They straight up took out the DLC for Destiny Two. Um, let me. I'm gonna pull this up here. Uh, bu- 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 so currently, what's available is, I believe, what's currently available is Shadow Keep. Beyond Light and the Witch, the Witch Queen. Queen and the Witch, the Witch Queen. Queen. That's what's currently available. Which means that all the stuff that they took out, like, oh, was there, there was like a was there a something with the wolf? Okay, so there was Curse of Os- uh, Destiny Two. There was Curse of Osiris. There was yeah. War Mind, and there was Forsaken. I have up to Forsaken. Oh, maybe I have Shadow Keep. I think Shadow Keep's on the moon. I, you know, it's hard. I rem- I remember playing Curse of Osiris. Okay, so maybe you bought Curse of Osiris. Um, so it's Curse of Osiris, then Warmind, then Forsaken, then Shadowkeep, then Beyond Light. So I haven't bought anything uh, uh, past Beyond Light. So I'm kind of now I'm going to be three three expansions behind. But um, they cut Warmind, Forsaken, and Curse of Osiris from the game. Like if you bought it, it's not there anymore. Which did they, uh, did they explain why? Like the the the. the did that just cut a whole bunch of lore out in the yeah. game as well? Take, take what I'm about to say with a grain of salt, but I believe part of it was uh, lower player counts for some of that older content, making okay. it harder to match up with, you know, some of the, you know, whatever raids there were or uh, strikes there were and stuff like that. Uh, but I think the other thing was it was just to kind of like funnel funnel players into the newer content, um, which to me. I think is the wrong way to go about it. Like I am a believer that destiny two should have launched with everything that destiny one had. I know that making games is complicated and that destiny two is a very complicated game, but they have, yeah, they cut war mind, curse of Osiris and forsaken. And I think the reasoning was to kind of funnel players into that newer content. Destiny, uh, Bungie has claimed that they will not be cutting any more content. So going forward, you know, all that old stuff will be available. But I felt kind of burned, like not that I'm necessarily like itching to go black, go back and play Curse of Osiris, Warminder Forsaken. But the idea that like I spent this money and it's straight up gone is a little crazy. Um, that being that said, seems a little dirty. That being said, Karch, if you were to jump into Destiny 2 right now, or if anyone listening were to jump into Destiny 2 right now, um, one... I really think they're catering to the hardcore fans. Like, I really think that De- like the people playing Destiny 2 right now probably fucking love Destiny 2. Uh, but the thing I would say with Destiny 2 is, um, even though they don't really explain the story, even though it's really hard to get a feeling for, like, what's going on, the thing I would say is, like, just find an activity and play it, and you'll probably have a decent time. Like, if you're getting new guns, if you're getting new shit, like, it's probably all you really need to focus on. Um... That being said, they're introducing a darkness class in Lightfall. They're also introducing a grappling hook into Lightfall. And I believe that before Lightfall comes out, they're updating the arc uh, class. And I believe they described it as arc 3.0 is kind of like crank to high voltage. So uh, what do you say about that, Karch? How about if Destiny 2 was more like crank to high voltage? Vincent, why is your head spinning just thinking about Destiny 2? Yeah, I mean, I feel like the people who are still playing Destiny 2 
are the people who have never left and could explain to you the entire lore of Destiny. Oh yeah, I, other than the Red War, which was the only story they ever told that made any goddamn sense, um, which is not even in the... I don't even think the Red War is in the game anymore. Um, yeah, the, the story and lore of Destiny has been crazy. But you know what? I like shooting aliens. I think the game, the gunplay is good, and I like watching numbers go up. So like, um, if I'm ever in the mood for more of that, like Destiny 2 is probably the game to play, right? I mean, yes. But I mean, also like... Is this the road to Destiny 3? Or do you think that they're just going to keep updating Destiny 2 at this point? I don't think we see Destiny... Th I don't. I think we could wait upwards of almost 10 years before we see a Destiny 3. Like, I think Destiny 2 is probably here to stay for at least the next, like, you know, five or six years. You, th you think they're going to just keep updating for this generation... For this console generation? Yeah, at least for this console generation. They might even drop the name the, the number two because I don't think it makes any sense. Yeah, um, just keep it as Destiny at this point. Like I think if you want to rename Destiny One as Destiny Classic or something, and then Destiny Two as regular ass Destiny or something, uh that might make more sense. But uh, you know, I'd like to get back into Destiny, but I think my thing is I don't want to buy the expansions until I feel like I've gotten my fill of whatever content is available. And yeah. again, my philosophy is like, just go in there, shoot some shit and have a good time. And like, if you're really focusing on one thing or another, like go ahead. But there's so much shit to, to see in Destiny 2 that I don't even know if I'd get around to, you know, Beyond Light and, and the Witch Queen well before I got to, to Lightfall. Would you would you replay it on the PC or would you play it on the console? So Destiny 2, I spent all of my time on PC. I didn't play any of it on uh, PlayStation 4. I did play all, you know, you know, Destiny 1 didn't come to PC, so uh, I still actually have more time in Destiny 1 on PS4 than I have Destiny 2 on PC. And I've always thought about going back to it, but I just don't know uh, if the time is right. Any other thoughts on Destiny 2? Karcher, are you going to get back into Destiny 2? Is now the time? Uh, I, I don't think this is... Like, at this point, I think every, every MMO game comes to the point where can't attract new players because it is so far down the road of crazy that new people just have no idea or people who've stopped playing just have no idea what's going on anymore yeah again i get my thing is that like i would be more than willing to go back because i could at least play it from like the thing of like well i gotta get better gear so if i do things that get me better gear at least i know i'm making some sort of progress but uh I'd like to know what new players are like. Like, part of me thinks that, like, I'll, I'll put it to you this way. Like, Lightfall looks so cool that I almost wish I had never played, excuse me, I, I almost wish I never played Destiny 2 before because Lightfall looks so cool. But knowing the road to getting to Lightfall, it yeah. seems a little daunting. Yeah, like, I don't know how these DLCs are presented to the game. Like, if you buy these but you have never played it, do you just start out from where the season is or where the dlc is or do they still make you go through like the introduction explaining the arc and who these guys are uh, i played destiny 2 not that long ago and i want to say within the last week and when i fired it up it forced me to do like a story mission um and i kept dying in that story mission so i just said fuck it and I believe the idea is they try to contextualize it into at least the season of like, okay, this is what the story of this season is currently going through, regardless of what expansion we're at, regardless of all this stuff. So I think they at least try to contextualize it and like, here's what's currently going on now in Destiny 2. Destiny. So I think when you started up, also, I don't know if you've 
when's the last time you played Destiny, but Destiny 2 now opens with the start of Destiny 1. You start on the Cosmodrome, you start like with your ghost waking you up, and you go find your ship. That's how oh. Destiny 2 now starts. They basically took the start, uh, you know, since they brought back the Cosmodrome. So, you know, the Cosmodrome is now yeah. back in Destiny 2. So now they basically just took the start of Destiny 1 and made it Destiny 2. Uh, yeah. All right. Okay. Yes. Also, I, 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 think, I hope. Karch, if you start, if well. you go, if you get back to Destiny 2, you should probably just start a new character. I. Does it take from your old PS, the like the Destiny One character and translate over? Not the PC I can't stuff. Remember. Not the PC stuff. No. Okay. So you're better off just starting a new character if you get back into it. Which actually I thought about doing, but I don't know. One day. Yeah, well, well, we'll see. One day. Yes, one day. They had a bunch of silly awards uh, that were being shown off at the award uh, at the uh, opening game, uh, opening night live. Um, and I say silly awards because it was awards for most anticipated, sorry, most wanted uh, game. So Need for Speed Most Wanted won every award. Um, man, I, what do you think about the pacing of these shows? Because you know they did something similar with. Um, you know, Summer Game Fest. What do you think about the kind of the pacing of this show as it relates to like these corporate sponsorships, these like promotions and these weird awards that they include, at, um, you know, in the middle of the show? I feel like I am a bad person to ask about this because I always watch this shows in a very bastardized version or in a way that if it's not gameplay or introducing a game, I'm skipping through it. Fair. So I don't really know what awards they were giving out or what they were really talking about corporate wise. I, I know they introduced like I skipped the whole car thing. You skipped the car thing. Okay. You skipped the car thing. Okay. I, I, yeah. I, I, I skipped the Kojima thing. I don't know what was really happening. Yep. So I feel like I. I feel like you know it was like another E3 for me. Sure. They, there was there were video games, but with slightly more Red Bull ads. Yes. Oh, yeah. For, okay. I thought that was a YouTube ad. Nope. And I didn't skip it because I was just like, oh, yeah, I can just skip this in five seconds. I did not realize that was part of the show. Nope. That is, uh, that was part of the show. Jeff Keighley drinking all that Red Bull. Um, Sonic probably drinks a lot of Red Bull considering how fast he's often going. And, uh, Sonic Frontiers is actually coming out. Kind of looks like a real video game and it is out November 8th. Uh, Karch, what are your feelings on Sonic Frontiers? Is that a Switch exclusive? I feel no, like it is coming out on everything. I don't think oh, we're, coming, 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 I don't think they're doing the like Nintendo deals, at least not right now, for Sonic Frontiers. So Sonic Frontiers is like claiming to be like an, a slightly more open world Sonic yeah. game. Um, and I didn't really know what they meant by that. I couldn't really wrap my mind around it because I think running around in an open world as Sonic actually wouldn't be very interesting because he just kind of runs fast and part of Sonic is running fast through obstacles. So it's not like it's an area where like I'm parkouring, I'm doing all this stuff. It's it's very deliberate when you are jumping and platforming in Sonic. But what the game actually looks like, it it just kind of looks like it's a, it's a much more, you know, varied environments that you're kind of running through. It doesn't necessarily look like an open world. It just looks like there are a lot of different places where you're going to do Sonic stuff. Uh, what were your thoughts? Thoughts about Sonic Frontiers. I, I have a little worry because I'm kind of the same idea where a 3D Sonic game seems weird because the whole his whole gimmick is running really fast. 
And so I'm thinking either this map has to be incredibly large or they've slowed down Sonic so the map seems bigger. Right. Or, yeah, are we, like, do we have yeah. to, like, climb a bunch of towers and do open-world shit to make Sonic go faster? It's, it's hard to say. But it's out, and it's out, you know, not too long, and uh, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not a big Sonic guy. I'm not a big Sonic guy in 2D or 3D. In fact, I think probably my favorite Sonic stuff was the kart racing stuff, so uh, I don't know if this is necessarily going to grab me. Uh, yeah, do you have any I interest? Uh, I mean, I do. I think I just want to see what it is. I know that Sonic games don't you like they don't usually get the best reputation. I think the sure. last Sonic game I genuinely enjoyed was Sonic Adventures, and okay, man, so that you've was not like, enjoyed what? a Sonic game in like over twenty years, basically. I I don't think anyone has. That, you know that's fair. That is fair. <laughs> that is fair. Um, this is gonna be really quick because they really don't have a lot to talk about, but um. Quantic Dreams is involved in a new game called Under the Waves, uh, developed by Parallel Studios. Quantic Dreams, the people who did Heavy Rain, Beyond Two Souls, Detroit Become Human, Fahrenheit, for those that played Fahrenheit. Um, Under the Waves is out 2023 for Xbox One, Xbox Series X and S, PS4, PS5, and PC. It is an underwater sort of like... Like Jacques Cousteau looking sort of actually the guy kind of looked like like one of the characters kind of looked like Jacques Cousteau. Or at least maybe I don't know what Jacques Cousteau looked like, um, but you're you're doing underwater stuff in that game. Any thoughts? You're a big fan of Quantic Dreams and their work. Uh, I was. Yeah, I, I. I finished Heavy Rain in one day when it, when it first came out. I uh, played Beyond Two Souls. Not as good. No. I own... No, it know, is not. Yeah. No, no, it was not good. Um, I own Detroit Becoming Human. I've heard good things about it. I've, I've heard people that actually say it was a good game, but I I have an unopened copy of it in my shelf. I think the thing for me is that, like, everyone else caught up to Quantic Dreams, and it didn't take very long. So I think there's, like, this trajectory of, like... Quantic Dreams going up because like Heavy Rain was a big hit. They snagged with uh, with Beyond Two Souls. Kind of recovered with um, kind of recovered with uh, you know Detroit. Detroit. But you know now we live in a world where like the Quarry and Until Dawn and some of those other you know adventure games are catching up better uh not in, in terms of in terms of presentation tech storytelling like they just kind of have quantic dreams beat to in a sense so if quantic dreams is going to leverage their tech to a developer who is going to make something a little bit more cohesive a little bit more interesting i'm cool with it but under the waves is out is not out for a long time so it's going to be a wait and see yeah uh you know what's out you know what's going to be out pretty soon all things considered goat simulator what? 3 Aren't you ready to simulate being I, a goat again? I again, yes. I I was genuinely confused because I thought I I missed the second game, but yep. Goat Simulator. Yep. Can't wait. What what a thing. What a art. Uh, I really liked. Go I, you know what? All things considered, I really liked Goat Simulator One. Uh, I thought Goat Simulator One was a lot of fun. I think uh, the joke ran out. Like the like the. How would I put this? Like, once we got into, like, Goat Simulator Payday and, like, Goat Z Zombie Goats 
and like the MMO simu like basically once I saw that like Goat Simulator turned into you being a walking uh, uh, microwave doing um, like World of Warcraft style things, I was like, ah, you know, I think I'm good. But like the part where you blow up that gas station and it says Michael Bay and you go into that skate park and you know, you get ran over by those hippies in Goat Simulator 1. I thought it was a great game. I thought it was a really funny game. My only hope is that it's a little bit of a tighter, like, actual game. Like, I hope yeah. it plays I hope it plays better. Because I don't think you can tell the same joke again without it at least being a more cohesive, well-playing experience. Did you buy any of the DLCs for the original Goat Sim? So, MMO Simulator came out for free, but I did not buy any of the other stuff. So, I didn't buy Goat Z. I didn't buy Payday. And I don't know if you know this, but I think they added Goat Simulator into Payday. So, it wasn't just they added payday to goat simulator but i think they added goat simulator to payday which i okay. don't even know what that i don't even know what that means i don't know what yeah well how um yeah. okay so okay hold on payday to the goat simulator heist there's a like, heist are you, are where you, are, are you like a goat i think you go to the goat simulator map to do a heist in payday 2 oh, sure yeah you know what good on them the, uh, the multiverse. That's right. The, the, the you know Goat Simulator, yeah, the original yeah. multiverse. Goat Simulator three out November seventeenth. I'm looking forward to it. Uh, Monkey Island out September nineteenth. Uh, just a little bit longer, Ron Gilbert, and people will stop yelling at you on the internet. Or that's at least that's my hope. Um, they showed off. This is actually my first time seeing uh, Monkey Island. Uh, the return of Monkey Island out on. You know a whole bunch of platforms september 19th i had never seen this art style before i think it looks interesting like i think it's got kind of a decent like you know you know abstract sort of i, I almost want to say like if picasso made an adventure game it would look like if ron gilbert and picasso made a uh, an adventure game this might be what it would look like. There's just something kind of like there's some sharp like angles and 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 lines to it. And again, I don't mind it. I I don't see why you'd want to get upset about it. Um, I didn't really think it was all that funny, like what they showed. Like, oh, we have like all this DLC jokes and all this stuff. Like, I don't know if Monkey Island was always that referential back in the day. Um, I never played Monkey Island, uh, but Return to Monkey Island. Looks okay. What do you think? I think the people who are mad and the people who are going to buy these games are the people who probably played the first game. Sure. And I mean, I don't want to discredit people, but I would say that is an older audience. Sure, that's fair. Um, older than, than you and I, perhaps. perhaps. Um, something that's a lot more up Karch's alley New turn-based strategy game called Moonbreaker from the guy who writes popular books. That's what I wrote down. I forget, I forget the, yeah. the author's name. But, uh, uh, Brandon some... Sanderson. Are, are you familiar with his work? I believe he wrote The Wheel of Time. That's, that's all I know. Okay. Um, I, I, it might be a TV show now. T tell, tell us about Moonbreaker, because this, this seems like something that uh, you're quite interested in. Yeah, I mean, from what I saw, it looked like a Warhammer game turned into a video game. And I'm not just mean like, not like the Warhammer games on PC, but this looks like 
you know, miniatures. You're collecting them. You're playing them on a field. Something a lot of people, I wouldn't say, I'm sure maybe a lot of people, have enjoyed doing. As someone who collects miniatures and spends, spent a lot of money in Warhammer when he was younger, I think this is a great way for adulter, maybe more like people who don't have a whole lot of space to get back into something like that. Right, because the, the whole idea is that it's a, it's a turn-based strategy game where you are moving these figures on a, you know, a board. Um, and, you know, like, you know, the physical figures in real life, there's going to be like painting and stuff to it. So they really seem to be trying to capture that sort of tabletop, you know, board game-esque feel in a video game format. Maybe not necessarily what I'm looking forward to. I would pro if I'm going to play like a, a board game video game. I'd almost rather play Mario Party, but that's an entirely different beast. Uh, um, <laughs> but uh, uh, what is it about Moonbreaker that kind of has you has you interested? Because you're you're a fan of of the, this you know tabletop stuff in general, right? Yeah, I'm. I, I like. I wouldn't say it's the game itself. I think the idea of Moonbreaker is kind of ingenious in a. I was in a corporate kind of standpoint because you know this is something. People who like miniatures tend to buy a lot of them. And right. to present a game where, like, hey, you know, do you want more minis? Do you want more people? And I can see that just going into it as a, a deadly circle for someone's wallet. It was just like, yeah, heck yeah, I want to buy this new pack. And, you know, spend time painting them, having one army look completely different than the other. I see the appeal to people who would enjoy these kind of tabletop games. Uh, did you know this is also being put out by the PUBG people? No, I did not. But I mean, you know, good on them. Yeah, good on good on player good. unknown. Yeah, good good on them. Uh, Friend vs. Friends, a new card-based FPS. Um, usually I'm not a big fan of deck builders because usually they focus strictly on cards. Like, the gameplay is... Yo, man, you're interacting with these cards. Um, that's why I wasn't a big fan of Inscription, or not, a, not, not, I wasn't a fan of Inscription. I straight up didn't play Inscription because I just wasn't interested in the card stuff. But if you're going to take cards and put it in FPS, like, I'm at least a little bit more interested just because it's a shooter. Um, any thoughts on Friend versus Friends? Not really. I mean, the last thing I thought of, of uh, I, I mean, the last FPS card game kind of thing that did really well was Neon White. So right. I'm assuming that if they could do it, someone else can. We didn't really see gameplay for it, did we? Uh, a tiny bit. It was actually it was the game where the the like the cinematic art looked better than the actual gameplay. Unfortunately, yeah, okay. like I yeah. feel like the like their cinematic style didn't actually translate over to the game all that well. But the game's not out yet. They always time, have time to work on it, and uh, hopefully it turns out well. Uh, yeah. Lies of P. Apparently there's more Pinocchio games being made than than I... Like, I don't know, did like Pinocchio just enter the public domain or something? Because they got that Disney movie coming out. They got that Guillermo... Guillermo... Young G. <laughs> Young G. Young G's Old back. G. <laughs> no fish man this time. Uh, so yeah, Guillermo del Toro's got his uh, crazy Pinocchio movie coming out. This is Liza P. Pinocchio uh, video game. Looks a lot like Bloodborne. 
Um, even if it didn't look like Bloodborne, it definitely feels inspired by Souls-like. But in this case, like, dude, this game looks like Bloodborne. Now, th there's nothing wrong with that. Like, like I'm only saying it looks like Bloodborne because it's an easy comparison. You know, the story could be like, obviously it seems to trade more in story, like at least like, you know, deliberate story and cinematics than something like Bloodborne, which is all open to interpretation. Um, but you seemed pretty excited about lies of, of, of P. Uh, what are your thoughts? I feel like you've said kind of what I wanted to say. I, I'm not a big fan of Souls-like games, for anyone who knows me. I've maybe put 20 hours into Elden Ring, thought that was great. But I kind of like where Lies of P is kind of, the art style is kind of headed. I've never played Bloodborne, so I can't really say. But I feel like Lies of there's a lot of games sort of, coming out really soon that's Souls-like or Bloodborne-like with the same aesthetics that I've been keeping my eye on, and Lies of P is one of them. Yeah, I, I mean, uh, you know, he, he stabs himself with a vial to heal himself. Yeah, he's a, he's a puppet that has a lot of cool weapons. It's kind of, I feel like it's taken, um, I forgot that other Souls-like game where you're a samurai with the cool puppet hand. Sekiro? Sekiro, yeah. Yep. I feel like it's, you know, it's taking a lot of soul like the what makes those souls game unique and kind of making it its own yeah um let's uh let's let's cover stranded alien dawn very very quickly stranded sure. alien dawn is maybe the most generic game uh, uh the generic sounding uh just from name uh standpoint that uh was announced at opening night live but it is like a new survival sim it almost looks like it almost had like a weird like maybe this is like the Sims in space, but it's really hard to tell. Um, did you have strong reactions to Stranded Alien Dawn? I honestly almost forgot about it until you talked about it. Okay. I, li I have notes on it and it literally just says. Hopefully does something new to the genre. <laughs> OK, whatever that genre may be. Well, um, yes. Uh, Deck 13 is back, baby. That's what my notes say. Atlas Fallen, new action RPG. And then my notes also say uh, character kind of looks like Moon Knight. We're also getting a bunch of like desert, like, you know, fast moving parkour ish action RPGs between like yeah. this and Forspoken. A lot um, of magic, magic and desert. Yeah, like ma desert magic parkour fast action RPG stuff. Um and this is from the original developers of Lords of the Fallen and The Surge, um, Deck 13 with Atlas Fallen. What were your thoughts on what they showed? They didn't show any gameplay. I, I honestly thought it was going to be a Monster Hunter clone until you kind of told me who was making it. And then maybe it's going to be less of a Monster Hunter clone and more of a straightforward action RPG set in a large open world. Yeah, like I've, I, I've played those surge games and i i could see well, that's a souls like and that's even a souls like yeah but i could see a like a fast version of that right and i feel like that's what it what's going to end up being yep no that's fair uh deck 13 also made venetica blood knights onk just name a few yeah venetica that was a good game eh. I, I liked it, it was yes. a ps3 era yeah it probably doesn't hold up now no, probably. 
it had about six to twelve months where it was it, where it held up when it originally came out. Uh, I maybe more. I, I I have a weird taste for video games, Vincent. That's fair. That's fair, especially when it comes to those weird like B budget uh action rpgs and, and i can yeah. understand that a new homeworld they're making a new homeworld uh this is after i think they remade homeworld well didn't homeworld deserts of karak came out which was put out by sorry this homeworld deserts of karak was the most recent homeworld game which was a prequel um published by gearbox homeworld 3 looks like more of that for people who are fans of homeworld i've never been uh a homeworld guy but sci-fi rts you know space management uh looks neat by gearbox as well isn't it uh published by gearbox as well yeah, okay um very quickly genshin impact hits 3.0 yep yep star um, rail yep um yep. <laughs> i, I want to talk about this I actually i forgot to mention this but i want to talk about it justin Rowland continues to make video games High on Life, now out December 13th. Now also out on Game Pass, which means I'm definitely going to play it. That being said, I was more excited for this game before I saw what they showed at opening night live. Karch, what were your thoughts? I thought that that boss fight or whatever you want to call it, called it was real mediocre. I had horrible flashbacks to the parkour and like traversal stuff in Doom Eternal. Yeah, I, I, I don't know. I don't like it. I'll, I'll say that. I don't like what I saw. I really want to like it. And it's so hard for me to like explain to you why I want to like it. Cause I'm not even like the biggest Rick Morty fan. Like I think Justin Rowland has made some like funny stuff. Like I think every time I've watched Rick and Morty, I found it funnier than not. Um, but high on life as a shooter, like I like the idea of like talking guns, like, you know, talking really? weapons. But, I like to, like weapons with personality. Like, yeah. Sure, weapons with personality. Why not? But uh, that gameplay didn't look hot. That boss battle didn't look hot. It also wasn't funny. Like, it just, yeah. 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 I, man, I hope this game does well. And it, it's more than what we saw. Um, what were the... I'm trying to think. What were the other... Uh, did you ever play uh, any of the other Justin Rowland games? He made like three. Even. This is like his third uh, accounting. Did you ever play accounting? Or Trover Saves the Universe? I, I don't think I played any of those games. In fairness, accounting was a VR game and Trover Saves the Universe was originally I think Trover Saves the Universe was originally VR and then they got a non-VR version which is probably why you skipped it. Oh, one of the reasons why you might have skipped it. Anyways, uh, High on Life out December 13th, out on Game Pass, so I'm going to play it. Uh, Hardship Shipbreakers, which is also out on Game Pass, uh, is getting a console version September 20th. And Telltale, we were talking about Telltale uh, earlier today. Uh, Telltale teaming up with Deck Nine uh, to make a show based on The Expanse. Uh, summer 2023. They showed a decent amount of gameplay for this and, and kind of developer thoughts on this. Um... What do you think of what they showed to the Expanse? As someone who knows very little of the show, mm -hmm. I hope it's good. <laughs> right. That's that's really all. I mean, Telltale. I mean, dark genre. I, it's easy for them. Sci-fi. Kind of everything's kind of written there for them. I hope they don't 
mess it up for the fans of the show. Yeah, I mean, oh gosh, I, I mean, <sighs> it's hard, right? Like, oh, by the way, I, I just double checked. Sorry, I got distracted. I own both yeah. Shadow Keep and Forsaken. <laughs> the only reason why I know this is because I, uh, I'm there's currently a sale on that DLC for Destiny Two, and the yeah, only I, thing I, I have, don't own is Beyond Light. Anyways, I, I'm looking at this now too. Yes. Okay, now we're just getting more distracted by Destiny Two. You know, uh, I'm not very interested in, in future Telltale stuff. Like to me, you know, I really enjoyed that Batman stuff. That Batman stuff might actually be my number one Telltale, even above um, Walking The Dead. Walking Dead. Uh, but you know, obviously, like in fairness, like those Telltale games kind of got better as they went along. It just depended on if you connected with the source material or not. For me, I don't know how much you know the expanse is going to hit. I really don't. Yeah. So we shall see. But uh, that's out summer twenty twenty three. They're making a Killer Clowns from Outer Space game, and I was yeah. really excited. I was really excited. I was like, dude. That's weird. I'll watch the movie. Like if they li- like if this game existing literally gets me to watch the movie, I'm stoked. Problem is, is that it's one of those asynchronous multiplayer games, kind of like um, uh, excuse me, uh, like uh, Evil Dead. Yeah, or like the Predator game. Oh yeah! Oh wow! Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> of all the games in that genre that you could reference, hell yes! You didn't reference <laughs> Evolve. I was about to say Evolve next, actually. Okay, you weren't going to reference, uh, like, literally any other Shining example? It's I can't say that it's, like, Dead by Daylight. No, cause that's because that's probably, because Dead by Daylight is good. No, and or I can't say it was the Jason, oh, uh, was that, the Friday the 13th game. Which, yeah, I guess some people involved in that game are involved in, um... Yeah this but also i think people the people from friday the 13th were also involved in that predator game but why would you ever reference that so uh, instead reference friday the 13th i i looked at the game and it was more like what was it three clowns versus seven four yeah it's like three clowns seven humans or something yeah and that's it's like you're fighting you're like you know they're you're actually fighting each other where versus dead by daylight and Friday the 13th, you're a bunch of teenagers trying to escape from the killer rather yep. than trying to fight the killer. Yep. So that that's the reason why those games came to mind, but Killer Clowns from Outer Space, I, I have mixed feelings for. I'm not sure who this game is for. I uh, I was watching the, sh- the games called with my girlfriend, and she goes, wow, that's that's a really weird idea. Like, yeah. that's a really weird, you know, who would who would come up with that? And I had to explain to her, and I was like, no, this is a movie. This this was a movie. It's this is not new. Right. This exists. I think the thing for me is that like when you take an older property like Evil Dead or like Killer Clowns from Outer Space and make it a multiplayer game, I think you are a. I think it's probably easier to make a multi. As someone who knows nothing about making video games, I'm gonna say this: it's probably easier to um, make a multiplayer game than a single player game but i think people who liked original killer clowns from outer space would probably prefer this to be a multiplayer game and that's why i think it's such a bummer like i get dead by daylight i get evolve uh to some extent i even get the predator um but i just don't i think people would have preferred like something a little more narrative focused but you know 
The game's not out yet. We'll see how it hits. I'm, yeah, I'm just always reaction. Yeah, I'm just always curious. Like, who who is this game made for? Like, it's you made an IP out of a movie that came out in uh, the late '80s. Like, who's who's playing this? Right. Anyways. Moving uh, on. Scars Above is a video game. They really didn't show much of it, so I really don't have much to talk about it. But, Karch, just say the word Scars Above, and we're going to move on. Scars Above. Okay, great. Uh, something Wicked Games. These are X, uh, you know, like Bethesda people and stuff like that. Working on wor- we- weird, weird. We- weird, weird weird, song. Yes. Jeff okay. Gardner. Right. Jeff Gardner. Right. Yes. Okay. Uh, again, not much to show. Age of Empires 4 is getting a free update. You know, Age of Empires 4, I'm going to quickly say, was pretty content light when it came out, unless you liked watching 4K FMV videos of trebuchets. Uh, you know what? That's some, that is somebody's kink. Um, and honestly, I kind of wish I had like played more of Age of Empires just to see that stuff, because they'd spent so much time shooting footage of like dudes like reenacting like old-timey swords and shield shit um and actually age of empires 4 is pretty good it's a decent you know follow-up to aoe 2 um but anyways free update for that gotham knights now out earlier was delayed and is now out earlier out october 21st karch gotham knights expert uh yeah sure yes um gotham knights uh honestly i i have my speculations at first when this game first was being announced, was being shown, I think it has gone a long way from when it first showed gameplay. Yeah, um, I, I, I think it looks. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm not particularly interested based on the quality of what I've seen, but it has come a long way based on what I've seen. So I'll give you that. Yeah, you know what? From from what they've been showing, what they've been announcing. It looks good. It looks like one of those games. I'm just hoping it doesn't fall into the same tropes and trappings of what Assassin's Creed has become. Where the game is, the map is too big and there's not enough to do. Sure, that's fair. Yeah. yeah um, I don't want a scenario like Shadow of War. I don't think we're they're going to get there, but... I don't want another Shadow of War. Now, the other thing I'm going to say, Karch, is I have yet to find a superhero-focused game where you play as multiple characters that has ever hit in the way that this game currently is. That's, that's that is another Avengers was not good, dude. Yeah, this is another kind of worry if, I have. If, if if Gardens of the Galaxy had you play as everyone, that game probably would have sucked. It made perfect sense why you played as Star-Lord. They made you care about who Star-Lord was as a character. They made you care about the way Star-Lord interacted with those characters. But, dude, like, any of these other, like, you know, big-budget focus on switching between characters sort of thing, like Ages of Mayhem, like, that shit doesn't work. It doesn't work. It makes more sense from a co-op standpoint, but as a single-player game, usually you're left with, like, four to five half-baked characters to play as. So that's my concern with Gotham Nice is it's going to be like, oh, like you have like two characters worth of fun in these four characters. Yeah, I, I'm just hoping that they've learned enough. Like that, I mean, 
I don't know how the writing is going to work out as well. I don't know if they force you to change characters in certain points, or you can just go through the entire story as one character. I have high hopes. I, I think they've done a lot to improve the game. Whether it's actually going to be a good game at the end, it's out soon. We'll see. But uh, I don't think it'll come out the way most people, how they love the original Arkham ser- series. Sure. I don't think this is going to be that. This this is probably going to feel more like a live game in, 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 in that sort of way, too, yeah. um, in, in some ways. Uh, where Winds Meet is like a Horizon Zero Dawn looking Chinese action RPG thing. Looks really neat. Looks really, uh, really nice. But that's all I really have to say about it for right now. What are your thoughts? Yeah. Um, my original thoughts weren't, weren't they coming out with like the Wukong game? There's a lot like, of Chinese games coming out, like a lot of yeah. like Chinese developed, Chinese focus, or, or you know, uh, you know, whatever. Black um, Myth. Right. So yeah, that. Yeah. So um, uh, I. I own a lot. I, I want to say I own a lot. I own a couple of these Chinese kind of games on Steam. Um, and honestly, they play really well. They're kind of like a lot of Western people don't really kind of shy away from it. And I understand the translation is really bad for these games. But a lot of them play really well in the speed and the action that's shown. Yeah. Um, so. Hideo Kojima must have yes. listened uh, Hideo Kojima must have listened to the Nitwit show and said fuck it I can do better That's and then Spotify said oh you could definitely do better Hideo Kojima is making a podcast I guess um, Jeff Keighley is going to be part of it which uh, makes a whole lot of sense now that I stop and think about it but Hideo Kojima is doing a podcast out September 8th Karch you going to listen to Hideo Kojima's podcast uh, if you, uh, more Metal Gear, Vinny. More okay. Metal Gear. Okay, so basically, you like in remember in Metal Gear Four, you could listen to those podcasts on the My iPod. God. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> so if it's gonna be more like that, I'm in. I, I'm, I'm in. I'm sold. Hideo uh, Kojima. Hideo Kojima. Uh, hey, Death Stranding's out on Game Pass, Karch. Is it actually? Yeah, it's out on Game Pass. Okay. I I feel like the Game Pass is a whole another topic we can talk about oh it is oh so is quake for oh listen you're gonna have to listen to the rest of the podcast because i gotta record my own thoughts on quake 4 um but yeah quake 4 uh oh. park beyond an amusement park simulator looks kind of nice you know i like uh, i like i like a good park simulator every now and then a planet coaster already exists it's true planet coaster does already exist and there's a ton of dlc for it and and that's yeah. totally fair uh, they made a gamer Mini Cooper Pokemon car with a dashboard that will almost certainly get you killed. They sure did. I I don't know. I skipped that part. I saw. I was like, hmm, a Bentley. Nice. It's um yeah no it's um it's a, a Mini Cooper Pokemon thing with like this like weird like cyberpunk LED dashboard sort of thing. You can have like the Pokemon on the screen. It looks like a concept. It doesn't really look like a real car. I'm assuming it's not you- a real car. Can you play video games inside of it or something? Yeah, like if I can't play like Pokemon Yellow, if yeah. I can't play Pokemon Snap on this car, uh, what's the point? Any other I thoughts would, on I, the Pokemon car? Uh, gotta catch them all. Yep. Yep. A Warhammer Dark Tide, the follow up yep. to Warhammer Vermintide, coming out November thirtieth. Um, will you be a good or evil witch in Blacktail this winter? 
I'm asking you, Karch. I, 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 am, I am the Baba Yaga. Okay, so um, where are all my bad witches at? <laughs> I need all my bad witches on the dance floor right now. You know what? I, if you, you can't play... Okay, I'm just going to say this right now. If you can't get Megan the Stallion in this game, what are we doing? What? Who is this game by? Black That's Tail. a surreal first-person action-adventure game where the story of Baba Yaga comes to life. Based on Slavic folklore. Ah, uh, you know what? Even if it's based on Slavic folklore, I bet you could get, like, Nicki Minaj, Megan the Stallion in this game. Who, who is making this game? Look, man, that's... Uh, Parasite? The, 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 the Parasite. Okay. Anyways, it looks it looks kind of neat. Like it looks, you know, it looks like, great. It looks kind of neat. But you're focusing that's a on lot the bow. of magic. Remember, I think that's the game where they said you have to master the bow. And I was like, uh, do witches use bows? What is this? Is this the same game? Oh, sure, I believe you. Okay. Yes. Uh, Phantom Hellcat is was shown. Uh, they also showed some of the Crossfire X. Remember when Remedy worked on that Crossfire X story? I don't even. Crossfire X, Matt. Okay. Yeah. Yes. Um, Asia going crazy for Crossfire X. Um, uh, they showed like at least one Switch game, like one like Switch focus game, which was Dorf Romantic, which is a cool looking game. Um, that is, is Dorf Romantic already out, Karch? Do you know? I don't think so. Okay. Dorf Romantic. Let's double check. I think it is. Oh, it's out on Steam, so it's coming to Switch. Yeah. Okay, yes. cool. That looks neat. It's a cute-looking yeah. uh, city builder. Tile-based, yeah, tile-based games. Uh, the Outlast Trials is probably the grossest, most upsetting-looking game I had seen. Um, but I also think the idea of taking the Outlast and turning it into a, like, saw, like, scenario-based, like, action puzzle thing is not the worst idea. Um, but, you know, a lot of people really... A lot of people Resident really... Resident kind of do it already? No, I mean, there, I mean, I will say this. There is a very saw-like moment in... Resident Evil 7, but this seems almost more like run-based sort of thing, or at least that's what the Outlast trial seems like. Um, the Outlast always seem like a, the the Outlast games always seem like games way too scary for me. Uh, I have yeah, Outlast I, 2, and Outlast I, 2 like focuses on like religion and all this like fucking dark, scary ass shit. Not saying like the religion is dark and scary, but uh, all I'm saying is I think the cover of Outlast 2 is like a burning upside down cross, and I was like, no, I'm good. Yeah, this seems I, like a more like this seems like a more like hardcore um uh Resident Evil 7, which was not I didn't need Resident Evil 7 to be any more hardcore than that. Yeah, I don't know. I'm not a fan of horror games, but I Is it a DLC or is this a whole new game? This is a whole new game. Yeah, I I hope this can have multiplayer. I am you know I hope I hope people who enjoy that enjoy it. Yep. Uh the finals is going to be a destruction uh, focused video game. That's all I have. Okay, I I thought that was for something else. I didn't realize that was a whole new IP. Yeah. And then the final game shown at uh, opening night live, Dead Island 2. Oh. Now out February 3rd. Karch, take it away. Uh, Dead Island 2. Not, not the goat simulator that I thought it was going to be. Yep. Uh, I'm surprised they announced it. Um, last time we heard anything about Dead Island was what 2014. 
Yeah, man, it's been a long time. A long time. I thought this was definitely going to come out before Dying Light 2. Oh, absolutely. Uh, I, I, I hope... I had a lot of fun with Dying Light 1. Dying Light 1. Oh, man, uh, Dead Island 1. Dead I, Island 1 is a fun, goofy game. Um, and I don't know how well it that style of game is going to hold up in a post-Dying Light 1 and Dying Light 2 world. But what do you think? I think it looks very... It has a very different vibe from Dying Light 1. Dying Light, I keep saying that. Dead, Dead Island 1. Dead Island 2 has a different vibe than Dead Island 1. Yes, there you go. That's... Would you say it's almost there. like uh, uh, Saints Row-esque at this point? No, I think... If Saints Row's S... I felt like would have been more appropriate for the first game. The second one looks a little more serious than the first one. I remember the first one, you were like, what? You got to pick four different characters. Yeah, the rapper. Yeah, the voodoo voodoo. Well, right, yeah, the voodoo, yeah. Totally got that rap song. Yeah, they they had the whole rap. And I felt like this one is a little more serious than the first game. Sure. Which I think was more multi. They, they really tried to push up multiplayer kind of co op thing yep. down people's throats. And I think this one looks a little more. If you're looking for a more arcadey dying light, I feel like this is it. Which I'm going to tell you right now, I am. I think that's what I'm looking for. Like, I, I think that's what most people are looking for. Um, because Dying Light 2 is too slow, it takes itself too seriously um it you know the pace of which you unlock really crucial abilities and moves is ridiculous um the focus on story and puzzles and busy work uh is the thing that really drove me crazy and is is like pushing me further and further away from ever like finishing dying light 2 um let alone buying you know the bloody ties dlc and all that stuff so i actually like dying light 2 has made me more excited for dead island 2 only because i look at dead island 2 and i'm like oh like you know even if you don't have the parkour stuff which will be disappointing as long as the navigation in that game is fine i think i'm willing to buy whatever they're selling so sign me up for dead island 2 which is not something i ever thought i would say especially um, with uh, Dying Light 2 being what it is. Yeah, you know what? I think Dying Light 2 has actually burnt more people out so they would be more excited for this game. In a world where Dying Light exists uh, or it has like become so popular compared to the, de- the original Dead Island, I think they have incentivized more people for this game to be created. Yeah. I hear you. Um, that is it for all the games, you know, Gamescom stuff. I mean, you know, they showed like the AEW game and they, they're showing a bunch of other stuff and more news is coming out of Gamescom um, as it rolls on. But that is it for opening night live. Karch uh, in the near future, you know, like, you know, what's the next game you're thinking about picking up? What's the next game you're thinking about playing? Let's just kind of do a quick. Yeah. Uh, a little um, bit of that. You're still playing, you know, Xenoblade. Maybe we'll have I'm you on. I'm still playing Xenoblade. Maybe yep, we'll have I'm... you on it, in, you know, you know, in the next couple of weeks or so to, to cover more Xenoblade. But overall, any game you're interesting, interested to play, pick um, up. Right as we're talking up, we're talking right now. Midnight Fight 
Express just has come out. Yep. That's, I have that just installed. I think I'm maybe two hours in right now. Okay, the, you, uh, you might be further than me then. Yeah, I, I, I've been going back to the levels. Dude, replaying. that game's awesome. Like, oh, I, let's I get love this it. out of the way. Let's get That's this out of the way. All. Holy shit, Midnight Fight Express is, is badass. I, I did. I I was expecting, um, you know, my uh, Hotline Miami kind of game. Yeah. I was not expecting this. I, I like the Batman. It's kind of got a little bit of Batman combat. Oh, yeah. Um, like the gunplay is like super it, fucked up. Like when you shoot it, motherfuckers, it's like oh, they, they ain't getting up after that. I it just feels so heavy when you're when you do a heavy attack or you when you have locked the finishers yep. or the grapples. Oh, man, I I am gonna play so much of this game. Yeah, uh, Midnight uh, Fight Express is, is is fun. I'm excited to uh, play more of it. Anything yeah, else? Uh, yeah, uh, something that probably most people won't play. SD Gundam Battle Alliance is on my God damn it, was on my list. <laughs> God damn it. You ever want to be back on the show again? God damn it. Yes, SD Gundam Battle Alliance uh, in action. You know, a lot of action RPGs coming out. Does this have anything to do with the, the, the blockchain and the metaverse? Remember when Bandai was, like, talking about, like, Gundam blockchain or... Were you not there for that? I was not there for that. Okay. I, I, Vince, I've, I'm always looking for a new Gundam game to play. The last Gundam game I think that really burnt me was Gundam Breaker. And I don't know if this is going to feed that. But yes, SD Gundam Alliance, right up there on my list. Probably the next game I'm going to pick up. Wow. And uh, when is that game out? It is out now. Oh, okay. Well, well this. please yes. look forward to that. Oh, it's literally out today. Okay. Yeah, it is out uh, as we're, we are recording. It you're gonna is get out. You're going to get the season pass? Oh, no. No. You're not going to spend $114 oh, on this Gundam no. game? No. You know what? We talked about how games never, go, like, you know, how the Switch games never go on sale. Yeah. These Gundam games never go on sale why would they because they're for sickos so good (laughs) um karch this has been a a terrific uh, and long segment i want to say thank you so much for being on i hope to have you on again very very soon uh overall thoughts on uh opening night live very quickly from you no a lot of video games coming out gamescon introducing uh, hopefully a lot of new games for players from all different kind of genres, a lot of magic, a lot of desert. Yeah, big big folk magic is in. Like we're like I, I wonder if we're gonna get to a point where it's like God, I'm sick of all these magic games. I'd rather have like modern military shooters or something. I feel like we've gone through that. Like we've gone through that phrase, and I feel like it is. It's like the next next couple games genres is definitely gonna be lot of magic high fantasy as long as there's still a lot of mobility stuff as long as there's a lot of cool movement and parkour stuff um and and whatnot uh sign me up yep all right uh we're gonna take a quick break and we'll be back with more of the nitwit show again thank you so much to karch for being on karch we'll have you back on uh as soon as possible okay awesome thank you everyone awesome thank you
Welcome back to the Nitwit Show. I wanted to cover what I've been playing as we kind of wrap up the show today. Uh, on the fr on Friday last week, we did a stream where I played a little game called Sir Whoopass Immortal Death. Uh, Sir Whoopass is a action role playing game, um, but the twist is that it's a comedy game. It's a funny video game. Um, it's also like a small indie team sort of thing. Um, I picked it's about uh, it's about 20 bucks. Uh, I got it while it was on sale and uh, You know, it's kind of a hack and slash you're fighting orcs and skeletons and uh, Getting loot and money and buying upgrades and all that stuff and again, it's a, it's a funny game They have a bunch of uh, jokes that they've written and uh, it's got a, a wise cracking sense of humor to it and um, It's miserable It's like the worst thing I've played this year um i don't i don't know what else to say other than sir whoopass is a miserable unfunny piece of shit and you know hey listen if uh if you hear this and you're like you know what i wouldn't mind uh trying a funny action role-playing game more power to you go play it have a good time uh people are saying it's you know maybe only about eight hours or so long, so not the longest game out there. I mean, I'm scrolling through some of these user reviews. Some people have put like 21 hours into it, but I think uh, you can probably get it, you know, closer to you know eight to ten. But it's not funny. the The jokes aren't funny. The sense of humor isn't funny. Um, you might get like one or two. You know, I I think I played it for about two hours, roughly, and I might have laughed or, or chuckled or. You know smirked you know a couple of times but for the most part it's just head shakingly not funny and on top of that the game sucks and I feel like when you make a funny game the gameplay needs to match the humor right that's why I really really like the Ratchet and Clank games because not only do they bring the humor but they bring the gameplay and often the gameplay can accompany and support that sense of humor so an example being you know there are all these goofy guns and goofy weapons in ratchet and clank so you know you throw out a a disco ball grenade in it and it blows up and, and all the enemies start dancing and 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 you know you know doing the fucking staying alive or whatever and then you can you know switch to a weapon that turns them into a duck and now they're ducks that are dancing and then you can blow up the ducks or or whatever the case may be but uh you know if you think the idea of going into a stinky orc camp is funny to find a mysterious artifact and conveniently placed loot like that, that that's the type of thing that this like this game is saying like oh well isn't it funny how this thing just happens to be here like oh the thing that you need is just here oh this person you need to talk to just happens to be here oh you happen to get this magical sword well isn't that funny that you have a magical sword like man what the fuck like this is these are barely jokes they're barely jokes as far as I'm concerned. Uh, so that was what I played on Friday. It was a, a hot mess. Um, did not enjoy my time with uh, Sir Whoopass. And uh, I fought a boss called Kenny No Balls. And I was like, is this like a Kenny Omega joke? Like, what's going on? Um, but no, it's just, it's just a generic action role-playing game. And they thought that instead of making it not generic, they would just make fun of the fact that it's generic 
and that would like get people interested. Mm -mm. Dying Light Two. Let's talk about it. We talked a lot about it, you know, quite a bit with uh, with Karch when we did our uh, Gamescom opening night live segment. I'm gonna keep going with Dying Light Two. I have gone back and forth on it. There's been some really terrible puzzles, some god-awful puzzles that I've been playing. And um, those, those puzzles were so bad that I was left pretty frustrated. You know, there's, a, there's a specifically puzzles in Dying Light 2 where you have to activate electricity, you know, in these surround, you know, in these areas, in these, you know, generators, these power plants, whatever. And the puzzle is you have to take this long cable and run it from one end of the, you know, the room or the building to the other. The problem is the cable's only so long, so you have to, like, jump at the right spot and, like, turn the right corner and, you know, make sure the rope doesn't get snagged on parts of the environment so that you can plug it into the other area and activate the uh, electricity. And I'm going to ask this to everyone. Who the fuck thinks, like, cable management and and running cables and that sort of stuff is uh is funny uh just give me one moment i'm gonna close my window because it is a little loud outside all right hopefully that's not so bad hopefully it wasn't so bad on the podcast recording anyways but yeah cable management and all that shit and dying light too like man who the fuck wants to like oh i'm gonna plug in these generators and i have to make sure that like 1A and 1C go into the right port and just, man, like, I don't know. That just seems like a lot of work. Now, and, and I think my thing with Dying Light 2 is there have been moments in that game where I have felt like I have had to go and find the fun. I have had plenty of fun with Dying Light 2, but there have been moments where I've had to go look for the fun. I've had to go make my own fun. I've had to go... And maybe that's what they're trying to do. Maybe they're trying to encourage exploration and, and, you know, maybe that's how you get to 500 hours of gameplay is by, you know, turning over every rock, every stone, making sure that you found something fun along the way. But, um, I have not hated my time with Dying Light 2. I would also say that I have still enjoyed most of my time with Dying Light 2, but I've had some really sour, rough patches with Dying Light 2. And, uh, I'm hoping that... You know, because I was really starting to like it, and then this happened with the stupid puzzles and shit. So, fingers crossed that I can kind of make it through uh, the rest of Dying Light 2 without getting too frustrated. Um, but the other thing is, is that I, I really want to finish it because I really want to move on to this other game that I've been playing and, and focus more of my time on it, which is Midnight Fight Express. Midnight Fight Express is this sort of top-down brawler, beat-em-up sort of game. Uh, with kind of Batman-like combat, you know, the combat is very much like flowing kind of from one, you know, one bad guy to another, you know, keeping your combos going, blocking along the way, dodging along the way. So it doesn't like on its face, it doesn't seem like maybe the most like, you know, interesting idea, but in execution, it is a fucking bad ass, pretty violent, pretty brutal, and just awesome, you know brawler one of the cool things about it is that there are plenty of uh, varieties of enemies uh, to fight so you're kind of having to think about you know the defense not not rock paper scissors sort of thing but you know there are bad guys with shields right so you have to break that shield in order to um, beat them but there are guys who have 
you know, maybe are carrying two machetes, right? So you can't block machetes. You have to dodge out of the way. Um, there's a parry system. There are throws. There are guns. The guns in this game are hard as hell because there's just something about you just gunning down these guys so effortlessly when they're coming at you. You know, it can be a big guy with like a huge sledgehammer just coming at you and you can just gun that fool down. And uh, it is awesome. You know, it's limited ammo with all of these guns. And then you throw the guns away. Almost every weapon that you pick up, you can throw or use, you know, however they're you know meant to be used. Um, there's customization for the character. So you can, like, customize your character with the money that you earn in the levels uh, to buy tattoos and clothing. Uh, there's a skill tree so you can, uh, you know, find plenty of unlocks and upgrades. Uh, there's also like a you know kind of playground area where you can test out your different moves and and strategies and stuff like that and uh it's just an awesome game it's got a great soundtrack i think it's got a decent look uh to it i don't love the story and the and the the writing um you're kind of this like ex-gang member trying to take back the city you know it's kind of like a, almost like the cyberpunk of like the cops have no control over the situation but maybe they're on the take or private security is on the take and you know the gangs are you know just kind of running shit and uh, you're out there to try to you know beat everybody up and uh i just i love it i'm playing it on game pass it's about 25 bucks yeah i think about 25 bucks out pretty much everywhere playstation xbox switch pc and uh yeah man uh, there's a video on my on my youtube channel so swing over to my youtube channel and check out um yeah, also you can check out sir whoopass if if you really <laughs> really wanted to but uh midnight fight express that video is up now on youtube i really really like it but i'm not too far into it so i'm hoping to uh to dive more into that but i feel like i just can't leave dying light 2 just yet and there have been many moments where i thought you know fuck this game i'm done I don't want to play it anymore, so on and so forth. I think uh, I think for the Friday stream, so if you're listening to this podcast Friday morning, um, that same Friday morning, we're probably going to do a Dying Light 2 stream. I really just got to put my head down and just grind out Dying Light 2 um, as much as humanly possible and try to get that game done. And hit, maybe by the end of it, I will uh, learn to really love it or whatever the case may be. But uh, with that said, I want to say thank you so much for supporting the show, supporting the podcast. This podcast, The Nitwit Show, is available on Spotify, iTunes, and YouTube, or anywhere else you get your podcasts. You can check out everything that I do over at my Linktree, linktree.com slash G-N-I-T-T-W-I-T-T. That's the best place to find the YouTube channel, to find my Twitch channel, to find the podcast, Find my Twitter, my Instagram, my merch store if you're looking to pick something up. Uh, my merch prices have not been adjusted for inflation, so I might as well be giving them away. Um, you know, my t-shirts and, 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 and all that jazz, so to speak. I should have got Karch to wear his knitwit shirt. Then again, it's an odd his segment was audio only, so I guess you would I would just have to he would just have to describe the t-shirt that he was wearing that is going to do it for the podcast today thank you so much for listening we are going to be back next week with uh maybe a shorter episode unless some other big game event happens 
And uh, that is going to be that. I have been Nitwit. This has been the Nitwit Show. Thank you so much for listening. We'll see you all again next week. Take it easy.